a.k.a. Bo's Nerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. And just like that, here we are, another Friday. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, with you here on WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. If you'd like to be part of today's program, all you have to do is dial 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. And what a show we have lined up for you today. It is Friday, so joining us will be the Princess of Policy, the one and only Princess Di, Diana Me. But we also have another guest coming on later in the hour, Five for Fighting, John Andrasic, who is Five for Fighting, will be here. He's got a brand new song, and we're going to talk about it. And we're going to talk about his life with Five for Fighting as a musician and as one, a very influential musician. And you know what? He's not a left-leaning uh, entertainer. And that's all I'll say about it. I don't really want to get into the whole political thing with him, but not typical for the music industry. And we are so looking forward to having him on with us later in the hour. So again, if you'd like to be part of the program, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. Now, the Democrats are in overdrive as well as the media, big tech. Why? Because there's a story in the New York Post today that points to what many people are coming to the conclusion, that Demo- that the Democrat Party, along with their allies, fellow Democrats in the media, and big tech worked in concert to make sure that the Hunter Biden story was buried before the last election. Now, we all knew this. We knew what we were reading in the New York Post was accurate. We knew it because it was well-sourced. Yet the New York Times claimed that the story was Russian disinformation. To this day, the real story of Hunter Biden is not to be found in the mainstream press. Among others, Peter Schwartz has looked at it Schweitzer, I'm sorry, Peter Schweitzer's looked into it. We had him on a few weeks ago, and he was discussing this. One of the questions that I asked him was, look, you, you're doing this. You're doing this brilliant expose, all this brilliant investigative work on Joe Biden. Why don't we see this in any of the mainstream media outlets? And he responded, good question. Why don't we? The GOP outraged Republicans are expressing their fury at big tech and the Democrats after yesterday's admission that from the New York Times that the Hunter Biden laptop story is factual. It's true. It's, as they use the word in the New York Times, authentic, discussing the laptop My issue with it right now is that regardless of what we find out further, on top of what's already known, I'm just a little bit pessimistic that we will ever get the full story. 
Now, there are there are stories today that Hunter Biden may be indicted. One of his ex-lovers, the father of his uh, child out of wedlock, is apparently cooperating with authorities and has been providing documents. But over the years, I've learned never, never get my hopes up when it comes to Democrats and liberals being held to account for their corruption. And I am, while I am cautiously optimistic that maybe, perhaps, there could be some sort of legal questioning of Hunter Biden down the road, nothing would surprise me. Nothing would surprise me to what lengths the Democrat Party, their allies in big tech, who, by the way, pulled a cancel job on WABC radio today. YouTube has taken WABC off of its platform because Frank Morano had the nerve to have Roger Stone on his show. So they don't just cancel the episode, they cancel the entire radio station. And when we say YouTube, let's be really clear. We're talking about Google or Alphabet or whatever they call themselves these days. They have canceled this radio from YouTube because one of our hosts, Frank Morano, had and conducted an interview with Roger Stone. This is the kind of power that they weld. Meanwhile, you can look on YouTube and find all sorts of bad actors. Truly bad actors, enemy of enemies of the United States, enemies of free speech. You can find representatives to some of the most reprehensible governments on the face of the earth on YouTube. Likewise on Twitter, likewise on Facebook. But they feel very comfortable, very comfortable eliminating anything that they think is quote-unquote right-wing. And I continue to fault the Republican Party for this because when they were in power, they did not exercise that power to rein in big tech. One of the things that big tech has are protections that don't allow them to be sued under certain circumstances. And that is a protection, even though in some cases these big tech companies are acting more like monopolies. Now, they are private sector businesses. They have a right to kick people off of their platform that they don't like. That's they, It's their company. They can do that. But at the same time, the United States government should not be affording them special rights to let them avoid litigation. And the Republican Party, when in power, did nothing. I mean, they talked a good game like they usually do. They talk, they talk, they talk about what they're going to do. Oh, we're going to have hearings. Oh, we're going to have hearings on this. Remember all those hearings we had on Obamacare? Oh, yeah, repeal and replace, repeal and replace. Still there. 
Remember, remember, please, how the Republican Party was going to make sure that if they got elected, re-elected, if they just could get the Senate, well, then we'd be rid of Obamacare. Well, they got the Senate, and thanks to the vote from one senator, John McCain, it's still around. So-called Republican. And you can go up and down the list of things Republicans have promised their constituents that never happened. And you just look at the way the Democrats exert their power. Look at the way these liberals have no problem crushing any voice but their own. Any opposition immediately crushed. So excuse me if I'm still a little bit pessimistic even though I'm a very optimistic person. But when it comes to Democrats being held accountable for justice in this current makeup of the country, nah, I am not. Hillary Clinton should have been wearing orange a long time ago. She openly violated the law. And this wasn't the first occasion. With her handling and mishandling and criminal handling of government secrets and communications. But yet we were told, well, you know, she didn't really mean it, and so we're not going to do anything. Remember that, James Comey? Comey. Oh, yeah, well, that wasn't her intent. Like, all of a sudden, your intent matters when you're charged with breaking the law. And you can just go up and down the list. Everyone from elected Democrats to Juicy Smollett who whines and moans like a girl, I'm sorry, let me retract that. That is not appropriate. And further, it is sexist and it's not true. I retract it and apologize. Jesse Schmollett, who whines and whines because he has to do his time based on a hate crime that he was found guilty of. And he's out. And this, most of us in this country shake our heads. We look, how does this happen? How do their guys always avoid punishment, get out of jail, pass go, collect $200, and very often rewarded for their bad behavior? Look at Andrew McCabe and that corrupt FBI that was trying to actively take out Donald Trump politically. They were performing a coup on President Trump, and they were rewarded for it. McCabe ends up as an analyst on CNN. Comey's writing books. Peter Stroke and his lover, no serious serious harm, and so many others. Just, Just, it's okay. They're Democrats. They were trying to do the right thing by getting rid of President Trump, so let's let them slide. No, no, no. Two systems, two systems of justice. One for elected Democrats and their friends who will not be held accountable for what they do. The other for the rest of Americans who weren't born in the lucky sperm club for Democrats. When we get back, Princess Di joins us. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, with you here. It is Friday on WABC. Your calls are welcome. Again, later in the hour, five for fighting. Don't you dare go away. We're coming right back. 
It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, she walks among us. She breathes a different air, yet she is still human. She is her royalnessness, her highnessness, her lovelinessness, and everything ness. Dear. The one and the only, America's true princess. No, we're not a monarchy, but we have our own damn princess, and too bad. <laughs> Diana, me, Princess Di, welcome, Your Highness. Thank you, Sir James, the Knight of the Golden Order, and your new name, the Duke of A.K.A. Bosner. Thank you so much, A.K.A. Yes. <laughs> Oh, Diana, 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 Princess Di, Your Highness, Your Majesty, look, those, those, those miscreants over at the New York Times editorial board this week, today, in fact, have found out that America has a free speech problem. Whoa, it suddenly dawned on them that people are being canceled. <gasps> they, 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 fascinating it is a, a fascinating editorial it's it's as you say america has a free speech problem and the reason it's fascinating to me is because all of a sudden they are saying both sides do it and after many years of watching politics when the left acknowledges that their side has a problem even though they couch it as both sides do this then they have an electoral problem coming up. And I think that one of the consistent messages that Democrats are finding out in their own polling and their own focus groups is that the Democrat Party and the left in general is taking many hits from ordinary people, voters, that their party is a canceling, angry extremist, and dare I say, bordering on censorious party. What does censorious mean? Oh, they like to shut uh, their opposition up. Thank you. Censor, yes. Censorious. That's a new word for my vocabulary. You know, I didn't know if I dared say it, but it just means they like to shut the opposition up. And it's really rich for the New York Times to start talking about these noble ideas of free speech and, and how important it is to democracy. And yet the left has been the perpetrators of shutting down speech for decades. And all of us, yeah, like Hunter Biden laptop speech. We have to be able to say opinions that may not be popular. So that to me is really a wonderful red flag that they're in trouble politically or they'd never run a story like this. Yeah, and how these are the guys that said Hunter Biden's laptop story was Russian disinformation. So they (laughs) shut that down. These are the guys that for every, for, I mean, they spent the last how many years trashing Donald Trump. And trying to shut him down for everything he said, even though time and time again, Donald Trump would embarrass them by calling them out on things that they had reported wrong. And they didn't even bother to correct most of those. Never. Yes. 
And as I said, they're saying both sides do it, and they list all these lies, supposedly that on the right, we are trying to have all these laws that stifle teachers, that ban books, that discourage open discussion. They, they mention the don't say gay Florida legislation. So they are taking the less lies about what the reality is and claiming that that means that the right is trying to shut down speech as well, which is it couldn't be further from the truth. Well, you know, and okay, so that gives us the second way to move, a good segue to move to the second story. Because as you said, one of the things that they are talking about when they say the right does it too is the quote-unquote don't say gay bill, which people on the right are now calling the anti-grooming bill. Stop grooming little children into sex and sexualizing little children from kindergarten to third grade. And then there was another piece today I read, Diane, it was scary because it actually went through what some of these drugs that the left is trying, saying okay for young children's sex operations, what they do, the long-term damage. For instance, they, yeah. make them, they can make them sterile for the rest of their lives, and these are children, that, these puberty blockers. But so I don't want to get off course. There's another story that goes right along with this business. And, uh, Diana, this, I, I was so beyond troubled by this story, and I saw it because you posted it on Twitter earlier this afternoon. And the story says, here's the headline, there's no coexisting with evil like this. Leading Children's Hospital offers advice for boys to tuck their genitals out of sight. I'm reading the headline. What the hell? Hmm. And so you read this. You you read the story, and there's this thing now called safe tucking. Safe tucking. And how would you describe it? Yes, I'm going to ask you and put this on you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Well. The article that I posted, this is from the Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro's news outlet, um, reports on this is an Oregon hospital. It's supposedly the top-ranked children's hospital, the Dornbecker Children's Hospital in Portland. Um, They explain, they offer advice for, as you say, safe tucking of a boy's genitals out of the way can make the genital area look smoother and flatter. That's the aim, apparently, for for boys who who may feel self-conscious, which, of course, at at a teenage or preteen teen years is almost everybody feels self-conscious and uncomfortable. It's part of growing up. And uh, these evil people are taking advantage of normal anxieties and self-consciousness and putting the idea in them that, well, maybe they're just the wrong gender and they need to basically erase their assigned gender, which is their terminology that they feel that sometimes the assignment goes wrong and so that people have the right to correct the wrong assignment. And one of the methods is by this horrible advice to tuck. And it can reduce, this is a quote, tucking can reduce any concerns you have about your body. All right, there are two main ways you can tuck, folks. You can tuck with tape 
or you can tuck without. So young people at this children's hospital, mind you, a children's hospital, where they're supposed to be going if they are ill, where they're supposed to be going to heal, to get the best medical care for, their, for, for whatever afflicts them. This hospital in Portland is advising boys, young boys, that they can tuck away their genitals either with tape or without. Now, if you want to tuck without, you can really wear tight, tight underwear, and that'll smooth things out. Or if you want to lose, use tape, why, you can tape it. And you can even tuck your little testes up into your body so they won't be seen. This is what they're teaching boys. These people are sick. What kind of sick? What kind of sickness is this? Sickness only. This is evil. It is absolute evil. And this this site also tells them how to find sex positive clothing online, how to do all of this without their parents knowing. And they basically are selling sex toys and videos and more. So this is just an awful, awful thing. It is connected with the Oregon Health and Science University Transgender Health Program, which is a college-directed website. But they connected with this children's hospital. And you know that for a long time, conservatives have been talking about the slippery slope on all things sexual, especially involving children. Well, folks, this is what the slippery slopes slope looks like. We are now on the downward side of that slippery slope that conservatives have been warning about for decades, that this this is now to the point where it's almost a, an emergency because so many liberals in all of these institutions are making it their mission to make this idea of changing your gender available and then pushing it including hormones and pushing them towards surgery, these children. This is a, a sad and pathetic, and, and as I say, it's a cultural emergency that we have got to fight. I won't leave it alone at this, but I just want to read one thing from one of the handouts they, they give out to children. This is from a handout that this alleged hospital gives out to children, to boys, to young boys. Putting your testicles inside your body is not for everyone. Before offering instructions on how to do it by guiding the testicles into the inguinal canals, this can feel strange at first, possibly even uncomfortable. You should not feel faint or nauseated or have extreme pain. If you do, take a break and try it again later. Here's the other thing. It goes on. Listen to this. This is what they are, this is what they are teaching young boys. Once the, tectic, once the testicles are tucked, pull the penis back between your legs. If you find yourself getting aroused, take a break and try again later. An erection will make it impossible to tuck. What is wrong with Diana? Well, listen to this. The t- even, the, even the terminology. This is my opinion. But the terminology where they are talking about a gender you were assigned at birth, who gives this assignment? God gives you the assignment. It's an argument with God. 
And he is the one who assigns gender, and this is a, a rebellion. Gender rebellion is an argument with God, as all human sin is. But this is obviously in, because of what they call it, gender assignment. So to me, this is a binary reaction. We either trust God or reject God. And when we reject God, this is the slippery slope we are going on as a society. Well, I, Diana, I'll tell you, uh, Princess Diana, I am just thoroughly disgusted. I'm, I'm disgusted beyond belief that this is coming from an institution of much less a hospital, that all of this is directed toward children, and you have the left, meanwhile, the left in this country is not only embracing it, they're pushing this forward, and the idea is that if parents object to this, then the parents are prohibiting free speech, if the parents object to this grooming that's going on in schools, then they're then they are stifling what teachers can teach. They're bullies. That's what they're saying. Basically, that this will cause suicide among children who are trans if they can't get this information. So parents who object to this are causing the deaths of vulnerable children. That's the argument from the left. Meanwhile, there's a story today, and we don't have time to get into it, but there is a story today in, in the Daily Mail about a bereaved mother whose daughter committed suicide after the mother says that she was pushed by the school into this, uh, to making a sexual transition behind the mother's back. And yeah. this, this girl, 19 years old, ended up so unhappy she threw herself in front of a train and killed herself. And that is the consistent thing with a lot of these, as I said, institutions, including schools, is don't tell your parents. And what kind of people... Say, don't tell your parents, sexual predators. So this is a consistent thread throughout the school systems, the people who are making curricular decisions and pushing this everywhere nationally. This, and so you're just seeing the little tips of the iceberg, but this is, is nationwide. And on that unhappy note, <clears throat> we will call it a day, but Princess Di will be back with us tomorrow for our three-hour radio extravaganza that starts 7 o'clock in the morning here on WABC Talk Radio 77. As always, Princess Di, you are just a wealth of knowledge. I leave today's uh, segment with you. I am, Diana, I am so troubled by this, I cannot even begin to tell you. And rightly so. Thank you. We'll speak with you tomorrow. Thank you, James. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, here with you on 77 WABC. Folks, I, I... I... I I'm almost speechless, and I'm almost in tears because I, I, what kind of parents would do this to their children? What, who would allow this to happen to their children? I don't understand how this could be so widespread in our society without people in mass standing up and saying, you need to stop this. This is insanity. Anyway, we'll be back. We've got more to go. James Golden on WABC Talk Radio 77. Coming up shortly, we are going to be blessed with an amazing songwriter that will join us, and we're going to hear some music too. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. We'll be right back. Bo knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC.
Yeah, what a rock with you, Michael Jackson, MJ. Hmm, interesting choice of bumper music. Brings us back here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is from the Off the Wall album. This was the first album uh, produced for Michael Jackson by Quincy Jones. It would become... This this had, I believe, sold about 13 million copies. This was back in the day of vinyl records. And it quickly, it quickly jumped up the charts. I think it had five singles from this album. And this song... Became an amazing video hit. This was in the very young days of music videos. Remember that? This album also had some songs on it by Stevie Wonder, by Rod Temperton. What a great album. Anyway, we are ready right now to move to our very special guest. John Andrasik is here with us. He is the songwriter. He is the man behind. He is. He is Five for Fighting. John, welcome to the program. How are you this afternoon? I'm, I'm great, James. Pleasure to be with you. My pleasure. You know, John, you have one of the most amazing backgrounds. Most, most musicians that are, are so well-known, that have such great songwriting ability as you do, well, they've spent their entire life in music. You look at their, you look at their, uh, their background. They've gone to school for music. You graduated with a degree in mathematics, and was it applied science? <laughs> yeah, the, the, those brain cells are long gone, my friend. But yes, <laughs> now I've read that your dad was an astrophysicist too. Is that correct? That is true. I, I had an amazing childhood. I, you know, grew up in, in uh, Southern California. My dad worked for the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in the '70s, which was doing all the unmanned space flights. I used to go down there and play on their mainframe on Sundays and play Star Trek with the punch cards. So I had quite the uh, Quite the cool astronomy childhood and, uh, you know, kind of was the golden age of uh, American space exploration. Now, you signed on with EMI and they said, you know, your name is kind of hard to pronounce again. (laughs) Is this is this really the truth or is this just like myth around? And so that's how the name Five for Fighting was born. Is that is that correct or just so big BS? you know, you were you were a music programmer. You you know you remember the late '90s. It was the age of Lilith Fair, boy bands, grunge music, and the male singer songwriter uh, was not on the radio. It was kind of dead, and and so they did. They came to me and said, you know, no one can pronounce your your last name anyways, which is true. Uh, and they, and you need a band name. And uh, I was kind of insulted. I'd just come from a hockey game, and hockey fans, you know, Ranger fans know. The, I remember a guy named. Marty McSorley and, and Bob Probert dropped the gloves. And so when they asked me to come up with a band name, I sarcastically spit out, well, how about five? They hate it. And they're like, we love it. And I said, you're crazy. It sounds like we should be, sounds like we should be opening for Metallica. And, and it's so funny, James, in, in my early career, you know, you take any gig and because of five for fighting, people assume we were a heavy metal band. So I'd be playing my little Superman piano and people would be moshing in front of me. It was surreal. I must say. <laughs> Man, that's amazing. When you speaking of Superman, you said that's your firstborn. That was a huge yeah. hit. Superman, it's not easy. And and that song did what was the inspiration for you writing that song? 
You know, I got to say, it's a song I, I couldn't write now. But you know, as uh, you know, you're a songwriter. You understand about the desire to be heard. And as a young, a young man, kind of facing the reality of the music business and doors being slammed in his face, you know, you can understand somebody writing. It's not easy to be me. Um, obviously, um, with the context of, of 9/11 and, uh, and the concert for New York, the song took on a presence I could never imagine. And I've, I've learned in the last 20 years, it's pretty damn easy to be me and most of us. But it was. It was a song that uh, allowed me to live my childhood passion and make a, a living in this business for the last 25 years. And I, I you know, even though I played it probably 20,000 times, uh, I still don't get sick of it. Oh, man, that is just wonderful. There are When you have a song like that that you can play over and over again and never get tired of it, that's when you know. And, John, John you've written one. Now, am I also correct that your first name isn't John? John is your middle name. <laughs> it is. Well, I'm, I'm not really advertising my first name right now, considering <laughs> the circumstances in the world. But, uh, yes, it is, uh, it is Vladimir, and, in, in the, you know, about a month ago, you would think of, you know, a left wing of a hockey team or some famous violinist. But, yes, I am Vladimir John Androsik third. but uh, not all Vladimirs are Putins, and uh, I, I sympathize with all Vladimirs out there. So where, where, where is your lineage? Now, this is where there has been some dispute. You, have, you know, so many people have done biographies of you, and some <laughs> claim that you were born in, in a Slavic nation, and that's all it says. Others say you are Ukrainian descent. What, what can you tell us about your your connection to Eastern Europe? Uh, well, we're Slovak. Andrasik is Slovak heritage. Um, I've never been to Eastern Europe. I'm a Valley boy, born in the San Fernando Valley in Los Angeles. You know, dude, that's me, bro. Um, you know, grew up kind of uh, kind of in the in the '80s. Um, just kind of lived the California lifestyle. But, uh, but I've always, you know, I've always planned to, to go over to, to Prague and, and see Eastern Europe. And, of course, now with what's going on in, in the world, uh, we're all focused there on Ukraine and, and what's going on. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud of my heritage. Uh, my grandfather uh, came over as a young – my great-grandfather came over as a young man um, <clears throat> from Slovakia. And, and uh, they were wire uh, artisans. And started a business here in, in, in Los Angeles in the 40s, uh, where we still work. I still work for the family business. So I've, I've seen the American dream firsthand uh, with, with our family business. And so I have a great love for, for Europe, uh, Eastern Europe, and, uh, of course, this country that is the greatest country that's ever existed. And by the way, for a lot of people, you are not a leftist. You just, you just, you, um, from what I understand, are voted as an independent. You are registered independent, and you have embraced um, a Republican in time or two. So, not the typical what we have come to think of as the typical uh, profile of a of a Los Angeles entertainer who has done extremely well, by the way. And I don't want to get too much in politics, but I do want to talk about your new song because sure. I heard it. John, it blew my mind, and we're going to play it for everybody. Um, and the song, talk to us about it, and tell us how the, how this came about, and then we'll play it. Well, thank you. That that means a lot to me coming from you. You know, with your background and, and your love for music, and as a fellow songwriter, you know, as, as as a songwriter, you you know, James, some songs you write are crafted. It takes months. You write hundreds of lines to get. The few, you know, the few people here, 
But this song, Can One Man Save, Save the World, was, was similar to Superman in that it, it kind of wrote itself very quickly. And I think like so many of us, um, when, uh, when Joe Biden offered Zelensky a plane ticket to evacuate and, and Zelensky said, uh, keep your plane ticket, send me some Stinger missiles. I think we were all kind of stunned and, and wondering who this man is and his example and his, uh, the Ukrainian people. Uh, their strength, their fortitude fighting for freedom has been incredibly inspiring. I think you'd agree that the last 20 years, uh, we've really had our head in the sand when it comes to foreign policy. You talk about Crimea, you talk about Syria, even Hong Kong, where we kind of shrugged our, shrugged our soldiers. And I think we've been longing for somebody to stand up to these authoritarian bullies, uh, thugs like Putin. So, you know, his example, I think, is, uh, is, is changing the dynamics of, frankly, the Western world. I mean, just this week we had uh, the prime minister of Poland and Slovenia go to Kiev. You have Russian uh, reporters basically define Putin. And I think that's all because of his initial stance. Um, courage is contagious. And I wanted to I frankly had to uh, express that and, and write a song about this man who in many ways is changing the world. I'm going to tell you something. I listened to the song um, after I listened to it for the first time. I asked my niece to come in and listen to it with me. And do you know, by the second time it got to the chorus, she was singing with it. And I said to myself, wow. wow. And I mean, it, it both it struck us. We were both emotional listening to the song. So without any further ado, can one man save the world? Let's hear it, folks. And John, stay in the line. We'll just say goodbye to you afterwards. But I just want you to listen to the, your song with us. What a treat. Here we go. Who is this comedian, his audience, more mice than men, this Superman Ukrainian, I don't know. Great grandson of the Holocaust, an Eastern heart the West has lost, nail or carry up his cross, I don't know. Can one man save the world in a thousand years? Will they say your name? Is this all in vain? Can one man save the world? Will you take my hand? Will you help me stand? Still in the end. Can one man save the world? Olena pulls him to her breast The bear, the devil, stabs their chest Can one embrace, raise the oppressed? I don't know Does freedom still have appetite? Is there the will, the goods to fight? Can a single flame light up the night? I don't know Can one man save the world in a thousand years? Will they say your name or is this all in vain? Can one man save the world? Will you take my hand? Will you 
Who is this comedian, this steel that is Ukrainian? We die but maybe live again. Can one man save the world? John and Jurassic, that is just simply incredibly wonderful, beautiful. The lyrics, the music, and your vocal performance, my friend, is just, it just brings, it just brings every emotion to the surface. What a wonderful song, John. Well, thank you, James. That means a lot to me, and it's kind of the first time I've kind of heard it being played that way, so it's a little emotional, but just shining the light on on Zelensky and the Ukrainian people, uh, you know, Lord knows that they deserve it and our support, and uh, look, history's yet to be written, right? So every voice matters. John, thank you for joining us. People can find the song on YouTube. They can, John, I hope that this song is the most listened to song of the year. This is such a wonderful work of art that you have performed. And we'd love to have you back sometime. So please join us again. Okay. Thank you. You know, the song is available for free. I, I thought it's important to make it for free considering the context at fiveforfighting.com. Anybody can go there. It's on Spotify and all the platforms, but if folks want to download it for free and share it, uh, I'd appreciate that. And, and James, thanks for your platform. Uh, you know, you're, I've been a fan of yours a long time. Any friend of Craig Kitchen's a friend of mine. So thanks for everything. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Folks, that is uh, Five for Fighting. That is Five for Fighting. That's John Andrasik and James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley. We're coming back. WABC. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Now, here's the soul of excellence. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, on 77 WABC. Gotta love it. We're losing it up right here on WC77. Remember... Cats at Night comes up right after this, so make sure you keep your radio tuned here. Tune your radio here all day long. Tomorrow, we start at 7 in the morning for our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Boom, 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 boom. Yes. And you know what? We will be here until 10 o'clock tomorrow. Meanwhile, we have time for a quick phone call or two. Let's go to South Bend, Indiana and speak with Rhonda. Hello, Rhonda. Welcome. How are you? Hi, James. I was listening to your conversation with um, Diana about what's happening with that hospital project. As a mother of four sons, I can't tell you how much that upsets me. Um, I think that what we're seeing is a culmination of a years-long attack on gender. And most recently, in recent years, it's been the um, toxic masculinity mantra. This is a lie, um, this whole you can choose your gender thing is a lie being told by those who claim to worship at the altar of science. It just confounds me. And D- Diana was exactly right, by the way, that we don't choose our gender. It was God. And so it's really a giant middle finger, you know, in the face of the creator. What concerns me is not only how it will affect the building blocks of our society, but the long-term effects of this hormone man- manipulation, have there been any studies on that? No. And, in fact, there's an article that I'm going to hold on until tomorrow. Uh, you know, Texas is under attack because the Attorney General Paxson down in Texas is trying to say, whoa, we need to stop this. We need to put a stop to it and, and examine, 
you know, what's going on here, because a lot of these drugs are not FDA approved. And by the way, the main puberty blocker that's being used was never intended. It was never intended for this purpose. So this, you you are dead on with your perceptions here. And no, there are no real long-term studies because this is a fairly new phenomenon. Hmm, Does that remind you of something? No long-term studies. Anyway, I don't want to get off course. But Rhonda, you're absolutely right. Yes, I, I just, there's so much trouble coming down the road that they are not taking into account. They're not looking at that. And that song you just played, was beautiful. And you know where it took me? I just realized again how much we are needing the one man who came 2,000 years ago to save the world. That's who I put my hope and my trust in, and that's why I don't give up on this country. I don't give up on my family or your family, but I stand in hope. Thank you, Rhonda. Beautiful as always. We have time for one more call. we got to make it quick. Tom, in Bergen Beach, Tom, welcome WABC. If we cut you short today, call us tomorrow, please. But I want you to give you a little bit to get to your point. Go ahead. Roger that, Mr. Bolden, a.k.a. Bolson Um I was groomed as a child from ages 6 to 12, and now I'm a survivor. A uh, doctor and a few neighbors, you know, they showed me pictures. They told me it was okay to feel good, and yada, yada, yada. That's, that's, pedoph- that's pedophilia. But I think these people who are, are trying to teach these kids uh, think it's okay uh, to teach sex to a child. They're just ignorant, and they probably don't realize it's going to be a mistake. Let parents teach them about it. You know, sex and gender issues, yeah. But I normally would get really angry. I see I'm starting to get a little angry now. and freak out on teachers over this stuff, and liberals and, and schools, uh, who think that this is okay. But think about this, folks. You're going to have a stranger tell your child it's okay if you want to be a girl if you're a boy, and a boy if you're a girl. And uh, teach them that all these terms, which I can't even figure out as an adult, um, and, you know, left, right, and center. Listen, everybody needs to stop. Okay, Tom, I'm going to have to stop here. I'm going to invite you to call tomorrow. Everybody we couldn't get to today, we're on from 7 to 10 in the morning. Remember, Cats at Night is up next. Tom, I want to hear the rest of this because you say you were groomed as a child. You've been through this experience. Look, folks, we are New Jersey. We are Connecticut. We are Pennsylvania. We are New York City. New York City strong. And we are the United States. You heard John and Jurassic, greatest nation in the world. And we are that. May God bless you. May God protect you and your families. We will be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Please set your clock. Have morning coffee with us and be here. Bye.